From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Innovators Radio Show and Podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned thought leaders, founders, and game changers committed to ideas, innovation, and entrepreneurship well executed. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes purpose-driven entrepreneurs and game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by executive producer of Stanford Athletics, Beyond the Champions, radio show, and principal of Podfather Media, Tom Dioro. Today, we're uh, honored and excited to uh, be joined by Pete and Bill Bush of Horizon Financial Group, based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Their organization provides a, uh, a level of communication beyond just charts, graphs, and analysis. Consequently, it's also why we're uh, we we love to have we wanted to have them on the podcast because they are innovative and genuine in taking the time to understand life, not just the uh, not just the balance sheet. Feel free to visit their website at uh, horizonfg.com. Again, that's horizonfg.com. Hello, Pete. Hello, Bill. Honored again and thrilled to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Tom. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Thank you, Tom. I wanted to ask both of you if you have a. Um, I didn't ask you prior to the to the show, and it's not a trick question by any means. But if you have a quote or a mantra or a prayer that uh, both of you really that matters much to both of you, I'd uh, love to hear it. it. Gives your audience a an essence of, of of who both of you are, not just uh, great professionals. Well, there's there's one that's in the book actually that we'll mm. talk about in a little bit that uh, that I put in there that goes back to my college days and my coaching college used to say, uh, "If it is to be, it is up to me." And that was the code of personal responsibility that I've sort of, you know, ingrained into my brain. I write it down in my journal every year at the beginning of the year. So if it is to be, it is up to me. I've taught it to my kids and team and everything else. Excellent. Yeah. And I think if there's one on the business side of things, you know, our organization, it's, it's kind of a version of financially confident people make the world a better place. You know, if, if we can instill financial confidence in folks, then there there's a ripple effect throughout the rest of their lives in all different sorts of areas. Wow, I love both of them because they they're very uh, full circle. And if it's up to me, if it's to be, it's up to me. And then financial confidence. How do you instill? Is that something you think you can instill in clients? And I'll even reach back as far as since. You know, we've got the Stanford connection, even to youth, that, that can be instilled in youth, that financial confidence and uh, literacy. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's you think about financial confidence, some way to describe it is maybe what is it not? And it is the absence of worry, anxiety, and fear about financial things. So, you know, in essence, financial confidence um, is basically the removal of those things. And if you, if you're, you know, if you eliminate the things that you're scared about or fearful of, whatever, you're able to take advantage of some of the things that you want to accomplish in life. It's hard not to be happy. Uh, and I think confidence is, we always say it like this. If you can wake up and, you know, in the morning and put your feet on the floor, the minute they hit the floor, you're going to be worried. You may worry about something that day. We just don't want you to have to worry about money. Right. We want you to be very confident with what you have going on financially, because that does, like Bill said, it's got this huge ripple effect throughout the rest of your life and relationships. 
Yeah, how uh, I like that how you start what it is not in that that ripple effect. Is there a um, this is pretty deep question I think. Uh there's problems in a sort of property mindset or not having enough money. Can you share with us why once you think that problem once eliminated there's other facets to your life that just kind of unfold that are a lot more joyful? Yeah, I think it goes back to uh, money is a big stressor, you know, and if you're thinking about it and if you're worried about it a lot, um, that, again, has a negative ripple effect in other parts. But if you can gain that confidence, um, we find that folks that, uh, you know, are confident about their financial futures and financial well-being in the present tend to be more charitable. Uh, they tend to be uh, more open and loving in their relationships. They don't have some cloud over their head. Um, and so that's what we see it as, is sort of as it uh, not only affects your financial life, it can affect your relationships in a positive way, affect your mental outlook in a positive way. And really kind of as you project out to the future, generally most, people that are financially confident are more positive about their futures. Yeah. I like that, that, that confidence factor also. And how early do you think someone should start introducing the youth to financial literacy and, and uh, being at least aware financially of, uh, you know, how, how they can live a, a fulfilling life without that stress? Well, we're, we're seeing more and more curriculums uh, coming down into the middle school, high school areas. Uh, I think certainly about middle school, you have to have a pretty basic understanding of, and, and I think you do just by listening on conversations with your parents and, you know, other people around you, 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 ha you start to form up ideas about money, really about, about the time you're six or seven years old. So even be before uh, middle school. But then as you trickle into, you know, middle school and high school, it's really important to just understand the basics. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to understand uh, the intricacies of how to pick up a, a growth mutual fund or something along those lines. You just need to understand, you know, uh, a basic a basic income statement. You know, there's money coming in at the top. There's bills that have to be paid. And then there's money left over at the end. How much of that should you you know, set aside for the future? How much should you set aside just for emergencies? Just basic things like that. I think you should have, start to have a grasp on that. And there are many curriculums that go on into schools now and, and teach those around the country, but there's certain states that still don't offer that type of education. Uh, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. And thank God there are a bunch of ways to figure it out on your own if you're, if you're interested in that stuff. But our, our education system spends all of its time teaching us knowledge and skills on how to make money and not very much on what to do with it once you have it. Where did uh, both of you get your inspiration and uh, not just inspiration, but your insight and your, you wanted to contribute to that financial confidence and, and literacy? Yeah, I think uh, in our case, we grew up in a big family, you know, uh, six kids, so a family of eight. And this is in the 60s and 70s and, um, you know, 70s runaway inflation. And our parents were grinders, worked a lot. Um, and so we didn't have a lot of excess. Uh, and I think, you know, as Pete said, you learn sort of early on that mindset about money from what you're experiencing as, as a child. And so I think in some ways it was sort of like, gosh, 
you know, what's it going to look like when we're our parents' age? Is it going to be like this? You know, and maybe that's a driving point to say, how do I get to a point where it's not like this? And I, and maybe there is more plentiful resources uh, in the future in my case. And so, you know, I think uh, all six of us, we, we all graduated from college. We all went our separate ways career-wise. Uh, eventually, three of us ended up in this business, though, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I think we were just driven, you know, as, hey, let's make this a better life for ourselves. And, and, you know, I'm the younger brother to Bill, so I got his hammy down. So I learned about, uh, <laughs> you know, I learned about scarcity early on. I was like, you know, I just want to have my own shirt. <laughs> um, I always tell a story about, you know, we did grow up on a farm in southern Indiana. And, I, and six kids in six years my parents had. So we're all very close still to this day. And um, I tell a story about running to the bus. And it was raining. And as you went down the hill... You kind of went downhill and then you had to come back uphill to, to where the bus would pull around. And at the bottom of that little hill, a puddle would form when it would rain. And of course, I'm running, it's raining, and I splash in the, in the puddle on the way. And I realize when I get onto the bus that I have a, a, a that my sock is wet. And then I realize, you know, I had the old Chuck Taylor, you know, canvas converse, which were awesome. Um, and, and, but they had a, that thin rubber sole on the bottom that wore out over time. And I remember telling my mom that day, later that day, when we got all got home, I sloshed around in my wet sock all day, which, you know, had to be, had to be nice <laughs> for our teachers and classmates. Um, but anyway, I, uh, I told her, I said, Hey, I, I'm going to need a new pair of shoes because, um, you know, I got a hole in my shoes and she pulled it off and looked at it and everything. She goes, well, you're just going to have to wait. Like you're not the next in line. Uh, so-and-so needs shoes and we, we have to get them some for basketball or this or that. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I always go back to that because I figure somewhere in the back of my mind at that point, I was probably 11, 12 years old. I somehow subconsciously said to myself, you know, I'm not going to, you know, when I grow up and I need shoes, I'm going to get shoes. I'm not going to live like that. So, you know, something that motivated us to to be able to, you know, want to share that story with others as well and improve their situations. Excellent. Can you, without naming names, share a story of some of the, your clients that came to you really hat in hand saying, you know, I really don't know how to do all this. And they might be successful, but they just didn't understand how to, how to manage all that. Can you, you don't have to name names of companies. Of yeah, course. I think that's fairly common. And one of the stories in the book is, is actually uh, from a physician. You know, those are professionals. They've been through a lot of schooling. They, they know how to work their practice. Uh, but like most of us, you know, they accumulate pieces of their financial life as they go along and, and they don't always sing on the same page, but Pete did a financial plan and you may want to finish the story here, but part of our financial planning process is to really dig back at the last couple of tax returns, you know, and in the, in the course of doing that, in that financial plan, we found a pretty significant error, you know, that, uh, that actually uh, came out in his favor. Yeah. And, you know, obviously caught it in time for him to amend his return and, you know, get the money back from IRS. Once you go past two or three years, it's actually too late to go back and change things. You got to catch those mistakes early. So that, that one worked out in his favor. I'm sure there's many others that got, you know, that were too far gone. But another way to talk about that is that there are problems and anxieties around scarcity of money 
and where we are in the economic cycle and inflation and the economy today, you're seeing some of that. You know, there's some, you know, anxiety around scarcity of money in certain cases. But there's also there's worry and anxiety that comes from abundance. And these are different types of problems, but they're problems nonetheless and important to those people in the sense that, you know, I want to be responsible with this money. I want to do good by my family and others. I want to be a good steward of this money in the community and those types of things. So there's all types of, you know, when I say, you know, there, there's clients that may rhyme or look similar, you know, to each other. They're always one of one. Everybody has their own unique set of circumstances, whether it's, you know, uh, overwhelming complexity and I don't have the time and I just, you know, I don't you know, know who to trust. I mean, all these other issues and obstacles that come up. Um, but the but actually, those are different types of problems to solve. The easier ones are scarcity, you know, when you can start to point out, you know, how to plug leaks and, you know, uh, go on offense a little bit. This is terrific. It's also the Innovator Show at KCSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Pete and Bill Bush of Horizon Financial Group based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For more information, feel free to visit their site at horizonfg.com. Again, that's horizonfg.com. You know, Pete and Bill, I, uh, one of the terrific draws to your uh, firm and uh, our audience's interest in the innovation is that you you both and your organization um, seems to uh, care at a high level and 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 the concern goes beyond just the uh, analytics the graphs and, and the numbers it, it share with your audience today what why that really matters to to both of you uh, I think part of it is and just uh, one of our our main mission statements is really you know we're trying to help people uh, provide, prosper, and then protect those that they care about, right? And the, if you can do those three things and do those well, then it goes back to that financially confident piece, right? You're not only doing it this uh, for yourself, you are doing uh, and making changes and adjustments and getting a plan for those that are counting on you. You know, those are often your loved ones and your family, but it can be others. Uh, so again, you know, providing, prospering, and protecting for those folks uh, are all good and noble things to shoot for. You know, our mom had a mantra that she left us with, and many moms said this to many kids, I'm sure, over time, which was, leave things better than you found them. Mm. And I think Bill and I and and our brother Andy were in partnership with as well, um, are just applying that to um, our community. We're certainly applying it to our clients financial lives, uh, just seeing where we can be helpful and useful for them to improve their situation, to accomplish those things Bill just talked about. And, uh, and that's our own little way of, of doing that, of leaving things better. You know, it's really uh, fa- fascinating and outstanding is you still work together as a family. Where did that come from to where you, you, you all, you, your brothers work together, obviously you grew up together and you, you work together now and there's, I'm going to mention to say there's pretty, uh, very harmonious connections. Yeah, well, there are. And, uh, so Pete has been in the business the longest, uh, over 30 years now. Um, brother Andy is probably working on 23, 24 or something like that. 
I'm the rookie when it comes to being in the financial services industry. I actually am on my, what I would call my third career uh, right out of college. I was in broadcast journalism. I was a sports uh, anchor for a while. And then I got into healthcare and worked my way through there and became a CEO of a couple of post-acute care hospitals. Well, around this time, Andy and Pete had joined forces and were kind of looking at how do we up our marketing effort? How do we bring more creativity into a business and to an industry that really uh, is kind of void of that? And so we met on a couple of occasions. And uh, after about a year, year and a half of them saying, hey, we really want you to come work with us. Um, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Of course, it meant getting <laughs> licensed and, you know, to service clients and, and that kind of thing, but also kind of injecting some creativity and some production skills into, uh, into their outfit here. And so, yeah, we, we all get along really well. Uh, so I'm the oldest, even though I'm the rookie in the industry, I've been here seven years, a little over seven years now. And, you know, you grew up in a tight knit family, like I said, six kids in six years, you learn how to share. Uh, you learn how to ha- work together, uh, you know, as, as far as we, you know, grew up on a, a 40 acre farm way back in the day in the late seventies and in Southern Indiana before coming to Louisiana. And there was a lot of teamwork there and it really comes down to trust. I mean, not, not that, I mean, we, we trust our entire team, of course, but there's just some implicit trust in these family relationships that. You know, you don't have to, you know, I knew immediately when we were talking to Bill, I was like, he's, he's a creative guy. I mean, there's no warm up time on the trust factor as far as us, you know, going down this road together. So I think that was a big part of it. And notice on your website, it's definitely, in my opinion, one of the more uh, user friendly and engaging websites in financial planning. And I don't know if that's by design or you is uh yeah um i'll I'll say this that was a project we we underwent probably four four years ago or so you know there are platforms and products for financial advisors that they can plug into and those in our opinion kind of look like everybody else and so what we wanted to do was kind of shop it out and really find someone that could find our voice so we went with a local vendor and that costs a little more, uh, but I, I, I was really pleased with the quality of it. And, uh, and, you know, we're, we're making changes as we can as, as the messaging changes as well. But I think it does a good job of, of saying kind of who we are. And uh, it does stand out when you look at other financial advisory websites. It's, it's interesting because it captures, we, th- we think it captures our main message that Bill really threw out there at the top of the show, which is financial, financially confident people make the world better. And so while most financial advisor sites focus on, you know, the investments and products and their licenses and everything else that, you know, is very jargony to a consumer, uh, ours focuses on the one thing we know that people are really looking for, which is confidence. Is that, is that part of the, I would say your culture, but your culture is very family. Does that extend even to those who aren't family in your in your company? It does. I mean, you know, our our we have a lot of longevity on the team as well. Uh, our COO Brooke has been with us twenty one years. Uh, compliance officer's been with us sixteen years. Uh, you know, we have another admin person that's been with us fifteen years. So there's a lot of longevity in in this uh, company, 
And I think that's important because everything good compounds if you can stay together. When people jump around and change jobs, and go to different teams, the compounding effect has to start over from zero. Here, it's been compounding for many years. Trust compounds, uh, relationships compound. Everything kind of compounds to the good if you can keep it together. Yep. Speaking of the, the teamwork, uh, I take it, obviously, both of you are, are athletes. And I think once you're an athlete, you're always an athlete, even if you're not competitive uh, in, in an organization that's competitive. How do you feel that uh, participation in sports, specifically at a high level, whether it's high school, college, or even pro, translates into business? That's uh, a great question. I mean, and as Pete mentioned, teamwork, it, it does start with that, you know, the, the, the no I and team sort of thing. But then I really go back to, to Pete was very fortunate to, to be on a team at LSU and play baseball for one of the out, most outstanding coaches in the history of the game. That's Skip Bertman, who was also a master motivator. And so some of the lessons that were instilled in Pete uh, have been filtered down to us, you know, as part of the team at Horizon uh, that, uh, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me uh, is a huge one. But there are other motivating things that, you know, when Pete, uh, as the CEO of the organization, talks to us, you can tell there's a little Skip Bertman in there. And uh, <laughs> and look, I, I think no matter what the endeavor, you know, good coaching goes a long way in, in, in building a team or building a skill or whatever. And and so that's another part of being a team and being able to absorb the coaching, take the coaching, and seek out the coaching. Yeah, teamwork means different things to different people. It's funny because in corporate America, there's a lot of people that talk team with quotes around it, uh, but they, they've never been on a team. They've never competed for a common goal uh, until they got to that company, and they don't really know what it feels like to win. And uh, I, I see it all the time in small business, especially like small firms like ours is where, you know, somebody will try to get, uh, you know, three or four shortstops together, you know, and, and put together a good team. And, and you really, you know, you don't win that way. You have to have complementary skill sets, you know, each player paying at the top of their potential uh, at their best position, you know, and and I think those are those are often overlooked, especially in small business where you don't have a whole lot of seats on the bus. Anyway, you might have 10 people on your team. Well, it, it's even more important, you know, and I know you, from an innovator standpoint, you know, and, and a lot of startups are that way. It's like, look, build, build those complementary skill sets and decide what it means to win. That's a big problem in business. Like in sports, it's really easy to, to tell how to win. What, how do you score points? When's the game over? How do you judge who won or lost? In business, you get to design that. And so that's us setting our own goals. That's us putting our you know game together that we're going to play internally here uh, so that everybody knows what it means to win. Terrific. This is the Innovators Podcast, KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Pete and Bill Bush of Horizon Financial Group based in Baton Rouge. Louisiana. For more information, feel free to visit their website at horizonfg.com. Again, that's horizonfg.com. Our public service announcement today is uh, going to be for the. Uh, why don't you guys? You know what, Bill, Pete, I'm unable to find it here on the on the on the website. So, oh, here it is. I have it. We'll we'll talk about the Heritage Ranch. And why don't you both you go ahead and uh, and chime in why it matters. The Heritage Ranch matters to both of you. 
Yeah, well, they they do great work. They're based in uh, Zachary, Louisiana, just north of Baton Rouge, and they take uh, young folks that have been raised or are in some sort of uh, not favorable situation, home life, and they uh, they're as they as the name alludes to, they're a ranch. It's a it's a residential place where they come in and educate the kids and host them, and also work with the families for better outcomes. I think that always the things that interest us are things that deal with children because again they in a lot of ways can't fend for themselves or don't have other options you know that adults sometimes do uh and and so knowing that we benefited growing up in our family we benefited from some social help you know uh back in the day just you know being you know growing up the way we did we certainly benefited from charitable endeavors and uh and you know, this one is a great one because it does make it really make a difference, not just from the standpoint of us being able to financially contribute, but we've also hosted some of the kids here in a day where they could just see like, what is a business and how does it run? And what do people do when they go to an office and those kind of things that maybe they would never see? And uh, and I think those are really cool ways to give back to the community. Excellent. You can find uh, more information about the uh heritage ranch at hrbr.org again that's hrbr.org again we're talking with pete and bill bush of horizon and uh what would you guys uh, you know uh, thinking about how you're contributing to the youth and i guess you would call them underprivileged not underprivileged but um disadvantaged how does that matter so much to you, especially growing in such a tight-knit family where you can really understand and look back to when you were growing up and how beneficial it was to have supportive, a supportive family and uh, in your life now? Yeah, I think it's the realization that maybe not everybody was raised in the same fostering, nurturing environment that we were. And so in some way, you want to give folks the chance to have that, you know, and uh, Heritage Ranch certainly... Uh, is, is a great environment that's producing that. Well, we didn't have a lack of love and care in our family. And I think that is a tribute to, you know, both of our parents, but especially our mom. Um, and, you know, but while we had an abundance of that, which I think is what's helped us become who we are, um, there wasn't an abundance of money. There was always a scarcity of money. We were on the free lunch programs back in the seventies, you know, mm. and that was kind of a, you know, humbling uh, to, to a certain degree. We lived in a poor farming community, so, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. But, um, you know, when you think back on things like that, it's like, well, I, I really have a, a heart for people. Some, you know, as they say, there's no free lunch. It was free to us, <laughs> but somebody was providing that for us. And you realize that as you get older, it's like, wow, somebody stepped up. Now it's our turn. Mm-hmm. How did you get the name Horizon Financial Group? Well, we live down here in Louisiana and uh, we have some of the greatest uh, bayou scenes and sunsets over the water with, you know, cypress trees and just beautiful landscapes. And uh, originally in a previous uh, chapter, our logo looked a little bit different in the sense that it had geese flying over one of these great horizons. And we called our, we named ourselves kind of like a lawyer name with several partner names in it. And uh, we're like, well, we need to go to, uh, a little more generic name as we grow and add different people in and whatnot. And, uh, and so after looking at not wanting to stray too far from our roots, we just kind of stuck with the horizon because that was, that was the main thing it looked like with our, uh, with our logo, the way it was. 
what would you guys like to add to your show today that we we may not have talked about that's important for your audience and uh, and your company? Yeah, I think. Uh, by the way, we appreciate you le- allowing us to talk about the youth and you know fostering uh, there. But there are some folks that I would call young retirees or future retirees that we've been concentrating on. Uh, Pete and I just completed a book that was released as we record this just a couple of weeks ago. And it's really for those folks in their fifties that are trying to figure it out. Hey, uh, when I turn 50, all of a sudden this concept of retirement is becoming real. What should I do? You know? And so it really addresses that crowd. It's called the runway decade. How'd you get that name? The runway decade. Well, you know, that phrase runway kind of came up in a couple of client meetings that uh, over the past few years where people were coming in and saying, "Ah, you know, I don't know how I stand. I don't know if this is going to be enough. And we would look at it and say, look, you know, you, you still have runway left. There's time to make considerable progress on your planning. And first of all, get a plan and then make progress on it. So don't, you know, don't feel regret or anything along that nature. But there is kind of this 10 to 15 year period leading up to retirement where things really need to get intentional. And so I think the analogy of the runway works really well because you think of when you're on a plane, let's say the very beginning of that runway, you turn 50, it kind of starts slow, but gosh, the the years come fast. The days are long, the years are fast, right? And so these reflectors are start zipping by you as you gain momentum down the runway. And before you know it, you're taking off to this destination. You better be ready, right? And so that's kind of the analogy behind the runway. Excellent. Yeah, I would say it's not, you know, not normal to just be starting out saving for your future when you're 50 years old. By then you would have had some pre-steps to that, pulling out on onto the tarmac and turning the plane to head down the runway. You know, you've got your luggage in tow, right? I mean, you've already saved some and you have a plan, you've accumulated stuff, you've done the things maybe you were supposed to do, but you're really lacking that, you know, that uh, hard, fast plan of, of where you're going, the roadmap, so to speak. Pete and Bill, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you as a guest today. Thank you both very, very much. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. We enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Tom. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. You've been listening to the Innovators Podcast Show. Our guests today have been Pete and Bill Bush of Horizon Financial Group based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Their, uh, their organization provides a, a level of communication beyond just the uh, charts, graphs, and analysis. Consequently, it's also why they were invited on the podcast, because they are not just innovative and genuine, but they take the time to uh, understand life, not just the balance sheet. For more information, feel free to visit their website at horizonfg.com. Again, horizonfg.com. Thank you for listening. The Innovators radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Stanford, California, and on location. The audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos and chief engineer Mark Lawrence. And the executive producer of The Innovators is Tom Dioro.